Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. A fine investment written by Wall of Shadows. Isadora Garcia clawed her way out of unconsciousness. Her eyes wouldn't focus. Hell, nothing would focus. She didn't know where she was, how she got there, or why she was so goddamn hungry. Okay, calm down. Think. The last thing she remembered was, uh... No, blank, back up, a police car. She was in the back of a police car with bleeding knuckles. Her first day back, she looked up at the old boyfriend, only to find him in the kitchen smacking his daughter around. She really should have called 911 before feeding him his teeth, but restraint had never been her strong suit. Besides, the way this girl looked at her, with the smallest glint of hope in her eyes, spoke louder than any regret that she might have had. So while she might be in the back when cuffs again, while Emily got to ride up front, it was well worth it. The girl had to have some family better than that jerk. And that's it. Everything until waking up just now was a total blank. She finally started to get her bearings. She was in some sort of a, Oh my God, I'm in a coffin. Why am I in a coffin? What the... Calm, think. She wasn't in a coffin. That was ridiculous. Coffins were dark, padded affairs made of wood. This thing she was in now was made of some kind of polymer, and it had only mostly opaque lid. A lid that began to separate. A small, furry hands reached up and grabbed Garcia. She was honestly too shocked to resist, and her shock only deepened when she saw what her hands belonged to. Short, maybe four feet at most to Isadora's five-three. Covered in silky fur, like a Chinese toy maker's idea of a placard. The faces that she saw, the god came right up a Muppet show. There must have been ten or twelve of them in this large metal room, all but one pointing some sort of rod at her, which they appeared to think was some sort of weapon. The clear leader of the bunch held something different, though. This thing was definitely a gun. The leader started making high-pitched squeaking noises at Garcia, which she might have found hilarious in different context. Not today. There were definitely orders from someone used to having orders obeyed. She definitely knew that tone. She'd heard it from enough COs. All of this was more than a little overwhelming. She really tried to keep her emotions in check. If there was one thing she learned in prison, it was that lashing out with violence was always the worst option. But when the head squeak Muppet walked up to her and stuck her gun in her gut, she responded the only way she knew how. She punched him right in the goddamn mouth. Predictably, that hadn't been her smartest move. Turns out the rods were guns of some sort, except that they mostly made her skin hot. Uncomfortably hot. One of them wasn't much of a big deal, but when you had five or six were trained on her, it got to be a problem. Her first thought was to run at the closest one and take its gun away from it. But that first step was uh, wrong. She stepped too hard, lifted too far. Then she fell, not quite fast enough, and hit the metal floor. 
It didn't really hurt, but the delay gave one of the Muppets time to reach his fallen captain's real gun. She wasn't sure exactly what she expected from the weapon, but it certainly wasn't having her brain shut off immediately. Son of a bitch, did her head hurt? She had something like a migraine, but only if migraine stopped your brain for a second and now and then. There was another pain, though. She reached back and gingerly felt the nape of her neck. And God damn it, there wasn't some kind of metal jammed right into her freaking head. If she could hold the thought for more than 30 seconds at a time, she'd be in a panic right now. She forced her eyes open and looked around. This place might be alien, and she might have no idea what was happening to her, but she definitely recognized a cell when she saw one. Damn it. The prisoner will stand. Garcia opened her eyes. Her head finally stopped throbbing, although she could still feel the pain of the foreign object in her neck. She could have sworn the Muppet spoke to her, but she definitely didn't hear it squeaking. The prisoner will stand. Okay, this time she definitely heard the squeaking, but she could also hear it speak English. Who are you and why am I here? She demanded. The prisoner will stand. Isadora sighed and stood. Who are you and why am I here? The translator will not function unless you direct your thoughts at me while you speak. It takes our children a few hours to learn it. I am first pilot flight of the Dominion Police Force. We purchased you as a Death World monster from a folk cargo ship, but apparently the merchant failed to mention your sentience. You are now in the confinement for causing the death of under-captain Miklos. Would you dispute your culpability in this manner? Garcia launched into an explicit filled opinion on her culpability, but the only words she managed to transmit were slave and deserved. The first pilot made a face that she couldn't decipher and stopped off. Fine. She might not have been in the top of her class, but she'd seen enough bad sci-fi to know what was going to happen here, and she was having no part of it. She looked around her cell to find some sort of weak spot. She was, effectively, in a cage in the middle of a metal room. She had no assets, no bedsheets, no bed, no toilet even. She decided to test the door. The door seemed pretty solidly locked, but the bars themselves were fairly weak. She thought she could bend them with her hands, but she was mistaken. Defeated, she sat down to think. She had seen some weird comedy movie once. No, she wasn't going to urinate on her shirt, but she bet the legs of her jeans would easily be strong enough. And there we go, two bars bent together, and the next two bars, and she had enough room to squeeze out. Betty. If it weren't for the lower of her gravity here, she would have never been able to pull herself out like that. But she wasn't going to start complaining now. Speaking of which, she'd better learn how to walk around here, maybe even run. She pulled her jeans back on after finding something important looking in the corner to express her childish opinion on and started jumping. And she quickly found that she could sail through the air like a cartoon ballerina by making small jumps, almost skipping. Regular walking was fine if she was deliberate with each step, but running was entirely out of the question. Suddenly, Garcia heard footsteps. The first pilot had returned, and he'd brought a lackey with one of those hot rods. No, there was no way that she was going to call it a damn hot rod. It was, well, frick, no time to figure that out now. Floyd was just figuring out how empty the cell was in the middle of the room. Isadora had just enough time to dart over to the armed Muppet and kick it in the chest while she held onto the hot rod. 
She barely kept her balance, but the nameless lackey flew all the way to the other side of the room and landed in a quite broken pile. Listen up, you son of a bitch. I don't know how to work this goddamn thing, but I do know how to smash your skull in with it. You sit on your rear over there, and we're going to have an answer and some questions. With an expression that even Garcia could clearly recognize as terror, the first pilot obeyed. After nearly an hour of interrogation, including the time it took Garcia to learn how to send clear sentences through her implant, she had learned several important details. She learned the weapon she held transmitted radio waves, and she was pretty sure it was basically a microwave in a stick. She also learned that the instant lethality setting made her uncomfortably warm at 10 feet would make her extremely uncomfortable at point-blank range. She learned the gun that had put it down earlier was an energy weapon of some sort, designed to instantly melt all electrical pathways in the body. The squeak muppets were shocked that she had survived, much less that she still had a brain functions. She learned that this was a police ship, vast for its size, and that she had easily gotten information out of the first pilot because she had killed the only officer on board trained to resist interrogation. In fact, the first pilot wasn't technically even a cop, but he was granted rank because he flew the ship. And finally, she learned why they bought her. They bought her to kill the bad guys. Isadora Garcia, orphan from Barrio, sent to prison at 16 for beating her abusive foster father to death with a hammer, showed the first pilot a feral grin. Well then, what a fine investment you've made. End of story. Story number two, finest in the universe, written by British Tea Company. There is something truly riveting about fighting enemies who are 10 feet tall, 750 kilograms on average, and can survive anything short of an anti-material rifle to the head. War is hell, they say. You know what? They're freaking right. It was hell. I don't know how many folks I saw die fighting those freaks of nature, and I've lost count of the amount of friends that I have died around me in ways best not described. War was hell for me. Through and through. Yet, no matter how much hell it really was, I can't deny that I didn't feel that primal surge of triumph within me every time we won a battle. We didn't have the brawn to contest the alien menace, but we had more than enough brains. The grunts, like me, learned how to return the aliens' greatest strengths against them. My favorite example was how the boys in 3rd Platoon made a habit of peeling the carapaces off their enemies and having their engineers repurpose them into armor. To see 12-foot-tall freaks of nature hesitate to fight you because you wear the skins of their friends. To see them fear us the same way once feared them because of their size and durability. It was delicious. The thing I learned, however, is that war being held tends to be relative. It's how for at least one person, and the thing I'll make sure of is that it'll never be hell for us anymore. I remember dying. I remember being mauled apart by one of those things as it went into a berserk fit of rage. I was probably wearing the skin of one of its friends or family when the medicals found me. It was a miracle that I wasn't dead. I looked like a human pizza at the point and time. Still, I was right as rain, given about three months. Returning to the battlefield, I was intent on tracking down my killer. After a few grueling months, I met my old friend again by chance. I wasn't wearing the skin of his friends this time, but he still recognized me enough to want to run too. 
And here, my friends, is where my hell ended and where his began. You want to know why, for me, it really is riveting to fight a ten-foot-tall freak of nature? It's because my new hand hits like a tank shell. I had no weapons at the time, for I needed none. I was the weapon. My hand tore straight through his carapace. Blood bubbled in his mouth. I remember the look in his six eyes, how he went from angry to that I was still alive, to the most primal look of fear before he expired. When I took my hand out of the chest, I was holding his beating heart. Others might have saw it too, because I remember the precious silence that held for the moments before I said these words. Terran science is the finest in the galaxy. And to that... I thank the eggheads. This new body is the pinnacle of Terran science. Nothing, nothing in the galaxy can ever improve a soldier's morale than knowing the bionics he's gotten himself can strangle a ten-foot-tall abomination with its spine. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.